Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. So welcome to 12 Stone here across the campuses. If you're still hugging and greeting across, you can sit, be seated, catch your breath today. Because listen, I'm just going to start off the top by saying this. I have great expectation of what I believe God wants to do among us today. And I don't, I don't say that in a hype manner, trying to get us stirred up to something. I say that in a deep-seated, soul-level belief that so much so, listen, that I, my goal today, and don't amen this because I'll cry, my goal today is to teach as little as possible. Shh. My wife clapped, I can tell. I knew she did. It hurt my soul. I want to teach as little as possible because here's what I believe. I've resolved this this week. It is going to be more important that you hear from your heavenly father at the end of today than you hear everything that I have to say. That rhymed and I did not mean it to. There's a sense that God wants to move among us and God wants, God brought you here for a reason and there's things that we're going to attend to at the end that I'm going to get out of the way as fast as possible. I'm going to deliver what I think God's asked me to deliver, get out of the way. And listen, you might have showed up today not expecting this, but your heavenly father has something for you today. And so I'm going to get out of the way and we're going to get to that. So I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell him, listen, I'm here for it. Just tell him that even if it's a lie, say, listen, I'm here for it, man. I'm going to give you another chance because I don't believe you. Let's say it again. Just tell them. Say, no, I really, I'm here for it. Say it loud across the campuses. Thank you. I'm here for it. So here's what I want you to do to start. Get your mind back to yourself in middle school, high school, college, that sort of region of time. For some of you, you're like, that's a long time ago. I can see you. Some of you, that's like, it's quick. So just get your mind back there. And here's the question we're wrestling down today. Where do I seek approval? Where do I seek approval? Now, listen, when you go back to those middle school, high school, college years, be honest. Your, the approval from your friends and your peers just really mattered. Like it just, like the, the haircuts y'all got to fit in. I've noticed this. I was hanging out with some of the high schoolers this week as they were getting ready to go to camp in the long, cold line, signing kids up and getting them on the buses. Did you know this? Mullets are back. And they look kind of cool. I, I, I don't want to do it, but this part of me is like, yes, just business up front, party in the back. Why would you do that, though? You want approval. All your boys got the haircut. You got to do it. Think of the clothes you wore, parachute pants, starter jackets. Like you did things to get the approval of other people. Listen, guys, how many stupid things did you do because your friends dared you to? And you didn't want to be known as the weak one, so you did it. And you look back and went, how did I not die in middle school, high school, or college? I one time broke up with a girlfriend that I liked in college just because the boys I was going on spring break with said, we're all going single. And I went, okay, listen, it's over. Broke up with a well, I wanted the acceptance. I wanted to fit in. I wanted their approval. Don't pretend like this desire for approval doesn't have some sort of power over our life. Let's, let's take it more, more real. Think about what you did to gain or earn the approval of your parents. Like, take yourself back there. Maybe there's a sport you continued to play that you didn't even love. <laughs> but it was the, the only time you felt like your dad was like, I'm proud of you, son. 
proud of you, daughter. Like maybe, maybe there were places and maybe contests or pageants you jumped into because your mom really wanted it. And you're like, I want to I get her approval. Maybe, maybe there's someone you dated or stopped dating because your parents didn't approve. Listen, maybe the major you picked in college was because you wanted to follow, follow the, the family footsteps of, of what the job's supposed to be or what they expected from you, and you, you fought for their approval. Approval is a powerful desire in our human experience. And lacking approval is a hard thing to sit inside of. And we're in the middle of a series where we're talking about how do you build healthy relationships in a dysfunctional world? And it's really complicated. And for many of us, if not most, our family of origin delivered some of the dysfunction we're still living in. Don't say amen if your parents are in the room. Just keep it quiet. But you know, some of the stuff you're still carrying came from your family of origin. And, and maybe for you, you wonder this. What, it, what in your life is still the result of you trying to get the approval of your family of origin? Maybe the person you're sitting next to. Maybe the job you have, maybe the way you dress, maybe how many kids you have. But listen, whatever you came from, whatever your family of origin was like, whether your major dysfunction, like Pastor Kevin talked about last week, or minor dysfunction, that would be more my experience. The reality is this. If you come from a minor dysfunction family, don't be self-righteous. If you come from a major dysfunction family, don't use that as an excuse to stay broken. Because here's what God wants to do. God wants to help us deal with with the dysfunction that we carry in relationships, and God wants to help us find freedom from them so that we can build healthy relationships, which is why we're asking, where do I seek approval? So I want to pick up where we left off last weekend. Pastor Kevin sort of started us off, and I want to sort of help us see this family tree, because for the first time, we get to see how dysfunction is handed down. So excuse my terrible handwriting. But I want to start here. Last weekend, we talked about Abraham. Everyone say Abraham. Now, everyone say it like you mean it. Say Abraham. There we go. Started with Abraham. He's married to his bride, Sarah. And God said, listen, I'm going to give you guys a kid. And they were too old to have kids. They laughed at God. God said, I'm going to give you a kid. But the problem was it took longer than they wanted. And they avoided the conflict with God and with each other. And here's what Sarah did. Listen, let's just shortcut this thing. I've got this servant named Hagar. Why don't, Abraham, why don't you just have a kid with her? Like, husbands are like, wait, what'd you say now? This is a trick. What'd you say to do? She said, no, we'll just have a kid that way. And it worked. They had a, a son named Ishmael. And you think, well, that, how's that going to play out? Not well. Because Sarah saw it and went, I'm not okay with this. So what did she do? I can't bear to watch this. Sent Hagar and Ishmael away. Get out. I can't watch this. And eventually God does give them the son they were praying for in Isaac. And this is where we pick up today. You can already see the Jerry Springer across the top of the screen. Tell me you can't see a talk show. Let's get the results. Who's the father? It's Abraham. And Sarah's like, get out. And they start fighting. And anyway, like, my mind goes weird and does weird stuff. The, the, the dysfunction that's happening with this, there's a half-brother that you're not allowed to talk about anymore. Don't bring up his name because it's awkward. See, this is where it all starts. 
And that's where we pick up today because the dysfunction that we carry gets complicated. But here's what's interesting. Even after all the dysfunction, Isaac and Ishmael had very different relationships with their father. And yet, what brings them back together? Abraham's funeral. Scripture records this moment. Check this out. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man in full of years. And he was gathered to his people. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of That's I don't know how to pronounce that. Here's the point. I'm a biblical scholar today. Here's the point. His sons still showed up at the funeral. Even in the mess of all this, they still showed up to bury their dad. Why? Because there's things you never can bury. They always stick with you. They would have been in their 70s and 80s at the time when their dad died. And still, these boys have this longing to connect back to their dad. Even though Ishmael had a terrible relationship, he still longed for it. There are things that you long for, no matter how good or bad your earthly parents were. And it took a funeral to get them together again. But the story continues, because Isaac eventually grows up. He doesn't stay a little boy his whole life. He grows up, and he ends up getting married himself. And Isaac takes his own wife, and he marries a woman named Rebecca. Everyone say, Rebecca, loud and proud. Rebecca. And they start this family with dysfunction. But they start a family together, and they eventually get pregnant as well. And they got pregnant with twins. Any parents of twins here across the campus, hands up. We're going to pray for you. It's twice the fun, half the sleep, right? They have twins. Here's how Scripture records the birth of these kids. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. You know what Esau means? It's really, it's really meaningful. Hairy. Real smart. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. You know what Jacob means? He grasps at the heel. Real creative parents, right? Now it's like apple and river. And by the way, if your kids are named that, I'm sorry. But like they weren't super creative back then. They have now together, they have twins, Esau and Jacob. It's like, oh, we got our family. Finally, we got what we're looking for. We've been wanting a family. I want to get away from the dysfunction. Let's start our own. And they did. But the problem was the dysfunction continues. Here's what happens as those two boys grow up. Here's how they account the story. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. I want you to see it. Isaac loved Esau. Rebekah loved Jacob. There's a rift in the family. Do you, do you see the dysfunction playing out where Isaac's like, Esau's my boy. He hunts, he fishes, meat. That's my boy. Jacob, I don't even know fully what it means that he's hung out by the tents, but I think it means like he's the video game kid, right? Like you're not outdoorsy like I like. And Rebecca's like, Jacob, you're my sweet, sweet prince. I love you, my bud. Come here. I love you. You're my boy, and this is what's playing out. As you can imagine, this started to cause distance and a rift between these brothers. The dysfunction of their parents is handed down to them now, and now they are in this struggle because Esau experienced the love of his dad. Jacob experienced a, a 
arm's length sort of endurance of him, never a full-fledged love and approval from his father. See, as they grew up, think about the depth of dysfunction this would cause in that boy. Because every, every son, every daughter longs for their father's approval. And when they don't get it, things begin to spin off the rails. And what happens as the ultimate demonstration of a father's approval is that when the father's about to pass away and die, he hands off his birthright and his blessing. And here's what that moment would be back in, in the biblical times. Here's what would play out. That before the father died, the firstborn son would be given his father's blessing and would assume the father's authority and responsibilities, the ultimate approval from a father to a son. This is the moment saying, son, you are my heir. You are my blood. I am proud of you. I, I, I approve of you. And I'm handing off my seat, my life, my family lineage to you. Big moment. And it usually goes to the firstborn. And Esau was the firstborn by a second. Grabbing the heel as he came out. This much difference between firstborn and secondborn. And here's what starts to play out. Don't forget, the mom loves Jacob. The dad loves Esau. And the reality is Isaac knows his time on earth is coming to an end. And it's time to hand off his birthright and his blessing. And so he gets Esau and says, hey, son. I want, I want you to go out in the field like you normally do and go kill an animal and bring it back and bring me that dinner that I love to eat so much. And when you get back, I will, I will give you my blessing before I die. Problem is, Rebecca, his mom hears it. And she hatches a plan. I'm going to get my sweet, sweet prince what he's always deserved. You're my boy. I'm going to get you what you need. She puts a plan together. And here's how scripture records it. Rebecca said, to her son Jacob, look, I overheard your father say all this to your brother Esau. So you go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. The plot thickens. Isaac is on his deathbed and he intends fully to give his blessing to Esau, his chosen son, the son he approves of, the son he loves. And Rebecca goes, nah, I got a plan. And here's what the plan's got to be. I'm going to have you pretend to be Esau. Your, your dad's getting old. His eyes are failing him. He's past 100 years old. We can pull this off, son. So here's how scripture records this, this moment. It's hilarious if you can get your mind to it. Then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goatskins. Why? Remember what Esau's name means? Harry. So listen, Jacob's like smooth as the baby's bottom. He's not going to pull it off without the goat hair. So let's, let's put goat hair on you. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, my father. Yes, my son, Isaac answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. You can look at this and go, at what point did he look down and go, what am I doing? I can mend my brother's clothes. I got goat hair super glued all over me. I smell like goat. And I'm going to my dad and I'm taking a different name. I'm telling my own dad, I'm your other son. It's so easy to look at this and laugh. Isaac tried to become the hairy, tough outdoorsman that his father seemed to want him to be. 
Listen to me. When you desire the approval of someone enough, you will pretend to be someone or something you're not to get it. Don't, don't, don't pretend that you didn't change your taste in music or interest for a boyfriend or girlfriend. Oh, yeah, I am into hardcore metal. Yeah, for sure I am. Can't you tell? Maybe not. Like, like don't, don't pretend that you didn't do something foolish to fit into a new friend group. Don't pretend that you didn't, you didn't pretend to share your boss's hobbies or interests. I'm, con- I'm convinced not a lot of people are into European soccer until their boss is. Oh, yeah, man, Manchester United, bro. I mean, kicking it everywhere. You try, you try, I don't know soccer that well. Sorry, David. Uh, here's the reality. We, we, we try to conform ourselves to become the thing we think the person we want will approve of. And we, we try to contort ourselves into this. And what Jacob thought his dad wanted was for him to be Esau. So he tried to become Esau. And the story plays out and it worked. After a couple questions and Isaac being confused, he said, okay, I guess you're Esau. And he gave his blessing. And shortly after he gave his blessing, Esau returns from the field ready to cook the meal for his father. And he realizes what happened. In Genesis 27, here's the account of Esau discovering just what his brother did. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me too, father. His father said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Talk about dysfunction. And tell me those words don't sound like your kids. Dad, do you see me? I'm riding without training wheels. Are you proud of me now? Me too. Dad, you see me on the field tonight? See, I scored that bad. Did you see me, Dad? Hey, 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 Dad, do you see me? Look how pretty I look in this dress. I'm wearing the, the, the Disney princess dress you bought me. What do you think? Oh, I'm so proud. Like, there's this desire in all of us to get the approval of our parents. And this is not a bad thing. You're, you're, you're wired by God to want your parents' approval. But in a world filled with relational dysfunction, no parent can fully or perfectly give their approval and blessing to their kid. Listen to me. You might have had a perfect dad. And he was imperfect. You might have had a terrible dad. Still, he was imperfect. And the reality is, you, it's not about if you had an awesome dad or a terrible dad. It's the fact that all of us had imperfect dads, moms, parent figures in our life. And our desire for their approval is, is right in some ways. But when you don't get it, here's what happens. An unfulfilled need for approval often leads us to seek approval in unhealthy ways. Can I get real for a second? Thank you, I will. When you you don't get the approval that you need from home, from dad, from mom, from coach, from teacher, from your hero, you, you start to look for the approval other places. Listen, some of us, we chase a job, a career, success, accomplishments, subconsciously saying, Daddy, are you proud now? Are you finally proud? Look at me. I got hair. I'm, I'm, I'm Esau now. Are you proud of me? Some of us, we, we, we chase, you chase other men or other relationships. You lower your, your bar of sexual morality and say, I, wanna, I want a man to approve of me. So you use what you think you have to get it. You're, you're not looking for love. You're looking for the approval you didn't get. Some of us, listen, the car you drive or the lifestyle you live is because, listen, they never thought I would be successful. They'll give me their approval now. 
We do things looking for approval, the way you dress, trying to get the attention of other men because your dad never gave you the glance and saw your beauty. And so what you do is you flaunt what you have, looking for attention, your use of social media, trying to get the attention and approval of strangers. I got one person that's with me across the campuses. <laughs> you, you're quiet because we know we do this. We live this way, searching for the approval. Parents, some of y'all have so flipped this that you're trying to get your kids' approval. And you're, you're trying to bro down with little Billy going, hey, bro, you're not a bro. I'm your dad. And, and this lack of approval drives us to fight for it and seek it in unhealthy ways. And I wonder how many things that you do, I do today is as a, as a result of the lack of approval from your mom, your dad, your teacher, your coach, your hero. See, this approval thing drives us. I believe, I've done counseling and conversations for years now, enough to know, I believe the majority of issues people carry into their adulthood are unfulfilled approval wounds. And you might sit here and go, nah, I'm grown now. I don't, I don't need that. I'm, I, I got my own way. And Abraham dies and Ishmael goes, yeah, I'm grown. But I still long for the relationship with my dad I never had and I'll never get. There's some things you never bury no matter how old you get. Stick with you. See, years later, Jacob and Esau had played out the reality is what happened when Jacob stole Esau's blessing is Jacob had to run because Esau was going to kill him. You took my blessing, dude. Are you noticing a pattern of dysfunction? Jacob had to flee. And he grew up. We'll talk about Jacob to his sons next week. But Jacob grew up. And although he was physically a grown man, emotionally and spiritually, he was still a little boy looking for the approval of his dad. And scripture records one night, one moment where Jacob now has kids and wives and flocks and animals and all the things you're supposed to have at his age. And yet there was still a hole he was looking for the approval of dad. And in God's kindness, God shows up. His heavenly father leaves and shows up with him. And scripture tells us, I don't have time to teach the, the guts of this, but scripture tells us that God and Jacob wrestle all night long. And I picture this wrestling as a grown man with this little boy desire in him, wrestling with God, saying, I need something. I can't keep going like this. And here's what Jacob says after wrestling all night. Jacob says, listen, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Like, I'll keep wrestling because I've gone through life with my counterfeit blessing and approval from my dad. I'm done with it. And then here's what the man said. And God said to him, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Here's what I want you to see. God in that moment gave him a blessing and gave him a new name and a new identity. In that moment, he got from his heavenly father what he longed to get from his earthly father. What, what Isaac couldn't give him, God gave him. See, what, when Isaac saw him, all Isaac could see was a Jacob. 
And what Jacob knew he wanted was an Esau. So Jacob tried to be Esau. And what God did in that moment was say, listen, you're not even a Jacob. I don't, when I look at you, I don't see a Jacob grabbing the heel. I see Israel, a great nation I'm going to put through you. I'm going to build my future on you. See, his heavenly father, Saul, called out and blessed the thing his own father couldn't see and bless and call out. And I'm telling you, you can put on a face and you can man up and look tough, but there's something inside of you that longs for this same moment. Because listen, when you experience your heavenly father's approval, you can be freed from seeking it in unhealthy ways. Pause. When you receive the approval of your heavenly father, you don't have to go flaunt your body for attention. You don't have to go earn the attention. You don't have to get rich and famous and go, see, I told you. You don't have to have the words of other people make or break your day. You don't need social media to be the place where you go, I look better than I live, but as long as I get those hearts and likes and shares, that gives me what I need. Your heavenly father wants to give you what only he can give you. See, there might be just, I want to go practical and then we're going to, we're going to land the plane. Might be a few things you might need to wrestle down with your spouse, your family, your friends, your small group, people you trust. You might need to wrestle down questions like this. What words were said to you in your life that still stick in your memory, good or bad? Like what, when you close your eyes and think the words were spoken over you in elementary, middle school, high school, college, your young adult, your young married, what words still stick in your head? Good or bad? Secondly, if, you, if you've got the courage, if you're being honest, where are you seeking approval in unhealthy ways? A boss, a teacher, a coach, a friend, social media, some other father figure in your life. Because here's the deal. I'm done teaching. Don't clap. Don't say amen. It'll hurt my feelings. But I got a deep sense this week that it would be incomplete if we didn't give some time for space to pray to engage our Heavenly Father, because what resolved this in Jacob was not a good message or a church service. It was that he got to wrestle with his Heavenly Father. He said, I'm not leaving this space until I receive blessing from you. And when I say blessing, it's not the icky stuff you're thinking. It's not get-rich-quick stuff. It's the whisper that only your dad in heaven can give you. It's the words that I can't speak, but he can over you. And what if God wanted to free you from seeking approval in unhealthy ways? And I've prayed all week that the Holy Spirit would, would fill in the gaps of the things I don't have time to talk about and the examples I don't have time to give. But I pray, Holy Spirit, right now across the campuses, across 12 Stone Home, I give you freedom. Shine spotlights on the places where there's still little boys and little girls trapped in big people bodies. The places that we're, we're chasing the approval of other people. Places we're pretending to be someone and something we're not. Because we need this approval. God, help us see it so we can turn to you with it. So here's what God seemed to say to me today. Jason, if you'll make the space and the time and people will ask, I will meet them. So here across the campuses, that's what we're going to do today. Here's the question. Where do I seek approval? 
Don't, don't diminish a holy moment like this. Don't take lightly what God might want to do in this. See, Galatians 1.10, Paul asks it this way, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? See, wherever you seek approval is where you're, you're captive. If you need the approval over here, you're captive to that approval. If you get your approval from God, you live free in it. See, just, just so we're not confused, for anybody that thinks this moment's not for me, Jesus at the age of 30, already an accomplished rabbi, accomplished teacher, son of God, no daddy issues. <laughs> and yet at his baptism in Matthew 3, it still was important that he heard his father's approval over him. Here's what God said over him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And Jesus got to live out of the approval of his father over the next three years because, listen, his disapproval rating grew rapidly. So when the crowds were big for Jesus and they gathered and they approved of him, thumbs up, shares, likes on social media, he didn't need them. So that when the crowd started to disapprove of him and leave, he didn't have to chase them for their approval. He was living out of the approval and the love of his heavenly father. And what I want so desperately for you is for you to encounter your heavenly father. The exhaustion that we carry chasing the approval of other people. Your own spouse sometimes. Am I doing enough for you? You're 40 and you still want your dad's approval. And I get that. What we're about to do in these next few moments is not a counseling moment. It's a holy moment. This is not the place where you're going to wrestle down years of things that you need counseling for. It's a moment where you get to interact and receive from your heavenly father. And 12 Stone Home is going to be a little different for you. Travis and Rachel will begin to give you the details. But across the campuses, we've prepared this moment for you. In fact, across the campuses, I want to ask our prayer team, just our prayer team, no one else. If you're on the prayer team, you know, begin to make your way to the front. I'm going to ask that, that to my right, your left, the sons line up. To your right, my left, the daughters line up. And we're preparing space for you to offer a prayer to your Heavenly Father and for us to pray your Heavenly Father's blessing over you. See, it's a unique moment. We're just cooperating with the Lord, praying his blessing over you. And here's the simplicity of what this moment's going to look like. You get to come up and this is something of a roadmap for your prayer, not magic words, but maybe this is where you sit. Maybe this is what God's asking of you. You might say, God, I want to be done chasing the approval of people first in my life. I want to live first for your approval, living to please you as my heavenly father. Please help me to understand and experience more deeply your fatherly love for me. Heavenly Father, free me from chasing the approval of people and help me to live out of the freedom of your approval. Amen. And so when you come forward here in a minute, you're just going to offer that prayer, not to the person standing in front of you, but to your Heavenly Father. And then the prayer team is going to offer a prayer over you. So Heavenly Father, I pray sonship or daughtership over your name. Would you speak your approval and love over their life? God, you would say, this is my son or daughter with whom I am well pleased. Your father in heaven delights in you, loves you more than you know, and despite your shortcomings, adopts you into his family through the work of Jesus on the cross. Receive the blessing that only your father in heaven can give you. Amen. You see, some of us have major need for this prayer. 
Some of us have minor need for this prayer, but none of us is without need for this prayer. You might not have known your dad, left when you were a kid, absent father, no father in your life, a distant and cold father, a father who couldn't speak these words, wasn't able to. You need this moment. You might have had a great father like I did, who said all the right things, but still I need to hear from my heavenly father. He's imperfect, can't say it all. See, your approval is never resolved, it's only directed. And what this moment is intended for you to do is to say, God, I direct my approval to you first. I want to feel your love, your care, your approval over me. See, for you, this prayer might be freeing you from your daddy issues. Carried him for years. The words your dad never said over you, your heavenly father wants to say over you. See, for some of you, this might be a shift in saying, I'm done chasing the approval over there that I only can receive up here. This isn't in the notes, but I would be embarrassed for you to know how much I, I need that every time I preach. Half of my prep time is taking off Esau's hair and Esau's clothes and saying, God, I, I'm not trying to be that person. I want to be who you called me to be. If you don't think I can, I know how to say things that'll get the approval of the world. They'll clap for me. I have to lay that down because I need to know, God, you are my primary audience. Some of y'all are in work chasing success and career and ladder climbing with the hope that someone down here will approve of you when your heavenly father loves you so much already. Then to prove of your sin, but he approves of you, his son, his daughter. This prayer might be reshaping your view of God as your perfect, loving, heavenly father. Your view of God might be so tainted by your earthly one that in a moment God could meet you and say, now you understand the love a father is supposed to have. Don't neglect the moment. Some of you don't know Jesus as your savior, so therefore you don't know God as your father. You're going, I don't, I don't, I've never experienced this kind of love and approval from this God guy you're talking about. You won't until you bow your life to Jesus. So maybe today for you, this is a salvific moment, a moment where you bow and say, Jesus, I trust you for the forgiveness of my sins. Heavenly Father, I want your approval and love over me. You can come in this moment. See, today we're creating a sacred and holy space because. You need from God what only your heavenly father can give in order to find freedom from chasing approval in unhealthy ways. So across the campuses. Is it back to us? Hold on. You want to go for it? Let's do it. So what a great opportunity. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.